This week's podcast brought to you by The Doctor's Desserts. I'm sitting here as we record this wearing my Rutgers number 23 Sue Wicks t-shirt that was sent to me last weekend uh, was Sue Wicks Day in Piscataway, New Jersey. Sue Wicks, one of my favorite teammates of all time in the WNBA when I was with the New York Liberty. And um, now this has become one of my favorite t-shirts ever. So congratulations on Sue Wicks Day. And thank you, Coquise Washington, the new head coach of the uh, Rutgers women's basketball team, also a former teammate of mine in both New York and Houston. Thank you for the shirt. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Well, for anybody who is listening to this on the day it's released or soon after, uh, happy Thanksgiving. We're recording this two days before Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. So we were recording this on Tuesday, the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. And I am going to be celebrating or starting my Thanksgiving celebration a little bit early. Um, The day before Thanksgiving tends to be a really hectic day, of course. Um, You might out at the grocery store getting last minute um, food items that you've forgotten to get or we host so cleaning the house um, and but I'm starting my celebration a little early by uh, at 8 15 a.m. tomorrow the day before Thanksgiving reporting for jury duty I got my is it a summons what is it it's a summons I got my summons to report for jury duty the day before Thanksgiving it seems a little cruel a little cruel and slightly unusual. You don't seem a excited to be doing your civic duty. Uh, yes, I'm not. You should be. You're you're participating in in the great I, experiment I'll of democracy. Most days of the year. But Please know the, the the day before Thanksgiving. You're unlikely to participate the day before Thanksgiving. Do you really think you're going to be selected for a jury? And well, just even the act of driving into Hartford and showing up because I I have been summoned for jury duty um probably more than five times probably not quite 10 times yet but every year that i'm eligible and i'll go down and usually i'm not put on a jury or nobody's put on a jury that day and then like that exempts you from your service for a year and then the second the moment that my year is up i get my next summons i don't know why i am this you know singled out not that I'm singled out, but I don't know why I'm such an appealing juror, rural juror. You are a rural juror. I'm a rural juror. But I mean, how many times have you had to go? I've gone twice, I think. I was uh, I was in the jury pool and I was dismissed as a, as a ne'er-do-well candidate. Something that I filled out on the forum got me dismissed from the jury pool. But I would think that you, I, I can see you being uh, sequestered. I, sh- I shouldn't be a... Good candidate, my my brother. Because they ask you, do you have a family member who's an attorney? My brother is an attorney and now a judge. 
they ask, you know, have you ever been involved in a civil suit? Yes. Um, so it's just. I, are, are you are you taller than this cardboard clown? Oh, because right. then you're going to stand out in the jury box and 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 be a distraction. Well, a few years ago, it was a number of years ago now, maybe ten. Um, I was selected for the jury. I did the whole process where I went in, and both attorneys asked me questions, and I was selected to be put on the jury. And then the day before, I was to report for my jury duty. Um, they settled. It was a civil case. They settled out of court. Will you do me a favor? Yes. If you're selected for a jury, or or even if you have to report for jury duty tomorrow, wear full. Uh, 1995 Yukon jersey, shorts in jersey, <laughs> or or uh, or or your Olympic jersey, or or one of your WNBA uniforms. I, 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 mean, I think that would be. I think that would be. I mean, there's certainly nothing, no rules against it. I don't think I'll do that. But last time I was there, because you know, I don't know if we've talked about this before. I don't love elevators. I much prefer taking stairs. And the courthouse in Hartford is old. And it, oh, it's it, it's Revolutionary it, War like. Yes, and when last cool. time. Yes. Drafty. Last time I went there, I, th I think the elevator is also revolutionary warlike. So I said to the guy, uh, do you have stairs? And so they had me and I forget why the other person wanted to take the stairs. Um, but then you like, yes, we have stairs, but you need like a special badge to get through the door. Rusty the, the bailiff on the people's that. court has yeah. to take you up the yeah, stairs. Yeah, and they had to escort me up the stairs. Um, so I've got I, that to look forward I to I think as the, same, well. the same people who made the revolutionary war elevators Yes. Made made the escalator that George Washington used to cross the Delaware originally. It was a moving sidewalk. People think the painting was uh Yes, exactly. Have you ever have you ever been sequestered? Intention I was sequestered all during COVID. You mean like sequestered by someone else? <laughs> yeah. Have you ever experienced sequestration? Um yeah. When I was uh when I at the sort of near the beginning of the COVID season, I did a tournament at the Mohegan Sun women's basketball. And when we arrived, we got COVID tested. And then we had to sequester in our rooms for like 24 hours. I don't, that doesn't really count. You're that, in a nice hotel room. That, but uh, it, it's still sequestering. We weren't, we weren't allowed to leave the hotel room. You weren't allowed to, to uh, read a newspaper? Um, I'm sure if I brought a newspaper, why does does the definition of sequestering? No, no, mean I, 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 I don't. I, sequestration is just a funny word. It reminds me of a Ryan Seacrest, and it reminds me of C S E A crustaceans. Right. <laughs> Have you ever been sequestered? I mean, I my my whole life is a sequestration. Basically, I I remain sequestered, cloistered. Right. What, what would you call a monastic uh, the the monastic existence that I live? What would I call it? Yeah. I don't know. What would you call it? Uh, social anxiety, I think, is what I would call it. But you call it what you will. Yeah. And then, oh, and then we had the added. So tomorrow, uh, I'll go report for jury duty the, uh, the day before Thanksgiving. And today, two days before Thanksgiving, go into the basement and see a puddle of water on the floor next to our HVAC unit. So um, it's we've talked about this before, I'm sure. But stuff always breaks down, like Super Bowl Sunday, right around the holidays. So tomorrow, while I'm sequestered um, at the Hartford Courthouse, you will be dealing with somebody who comes to the house, hopefully to fix whatever is making our our HVAC. I, I'm not worried about it. As a, as a homeowner of 20 years, I find whenever you find a puddle on the floor mm -hmm. in your house, water is almost always the best, uh, the best, best thing problem to, find. to have. Yeah. Well, the reason you're not worried about it is because I dealt with it. <laughs> well, I mean, we're in the process of dealing with it. I you called, dealt with in what way? I, I, I got the towels and, and dried it up, and I called the P 
people who actually can deal with it because I don't know what the heck to do. Uh, let, let me, I mean, at the risk of sounding condescending, I would like to explain to you, not mansplain to you, but explain to you mm -hmm. what dealing with it consists of in this context. Yes. Being the person at home when they come out to fix it is dealing with it. Okay. So you'll be, I, I, I dealt with it to a degree today. You will be dealing with it to a much bigger degree tomorrow. What will both be sequestered until I'll be sequestered in the courthouse. You'll be sequestered until the. We've been given like an eight a.m. till midnight comes. window, right? Yeah, it's 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 a it's a lengthy window. Um, I mean, it will just be part of my homeowner uh, uh, pentathlon that I've been completing this week. Pentathlon might be a stretch, but including cutting uh, to fit a replacement ceiling tile that had to that had a had to have a notch cut in it to go around a soffit. I mean, it's a complicated process that involved buying several pieces of hardware. And you completed it, and it looks really good. It I really does. I was proud of you. Like, yeah, I would imagine you're feeling pretty good about yourself. I mean, it comes on the heels of removing uh, a few snapped mousetraps, oh. something you don't enjoy doing. Oh, it's probably my least favorite thing. I, 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 That's why I never do it. <laughs> I just point them out to you. You're the, the medieval town crier with the bell. Bring out your dad, and 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 I have to I have to carry out in a solemn ceremony that involves a a, a grocery plastic grocery bag. Yeah, I bring them out to the uh, to the trash bin. And th this is how I know when um, there's something in in the mouse trap. Is second I descend the stairs to the basement, I can smell it. Seriously? Yes. There's just a, it's a certain it's a certain odor. Now that my my because my my sense of smell was dulled for quite a number of months after after COVID, but it has returned. How do you distinguish that particular unpleasant smell from all the other unpleasant smells it, in the it house? It just is a slightly different smell, and I would I would probably be much better off not knowing this the the, the smell that's associated with it. But I just do. Do you think and it comes from your your uh, your Lobo background, your your wolf. I thought heritage. you were going to say from my from my big schnoz. I don't know if it comes. Oh, from my wolf background. Yes, perhaps it raised could. raised by wolves as right. you were descended right. from wolves. That is true. Could be. I was impressed that you let off this podcast by saying we're recording this on a, on the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. and I, Thanksgiving helps kind of define the week. We know Thanksgiving's always on a Thursday, and it's in a couple of days, but. Last week, there was a day when I, I was sitting down to text my sister, happy birthday, on November, what I thought was November 15th, but it was actually November 16th when I saw the date on my phone and I was horrified. I had missed her birthday, and so I texted saying, I'm sending this a day late. It wasn't that I forgot your birthday. It was that I forgot what day it was, or I lost track of what day it was. Yeah, you didn't forget. You just weren't aware of it. Right. And, and it, you can only do that when you live the sequestered life that I do, but... Uh, it 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 happens too frequently, but you, I don't even know how you know what place it is, much less what day it is, because you flew to San Francisco on early Saturday morning. You flew back from San Francisco to Boston, I believe, late Sunday night after calling the Stanford-South uh, Carolina game out there, and then you went more or less straight into the ESPN studio on that morning, that day, Monday, the day after we're recording this, to be in studio for uh, the Marquette-UCLA game. And then you came home and went to uh, our 
daughter's late basketball practice that didn't get out till 9.30. So you're working on about four hours sleep in the last 72 hours. Is that it was, right? It's, it's been a bit of a, a challenge. So I, I flew out um, 4 a.m. wake up on Saturday to, to get to the airport, to get a plane to San Francisco. It's still is amazing to me. I land before 11 a.m. their time so that I can go to the Stanford practice, then went to South Carolina's practice, then Sunday, call the game. But the game was a noon tip, so normally you'd take the red eye back and sleep. But I was able to get a uh, like 4.15 flight after the game into Boston. Couldn't get to Hartford, but there's a direct to Boston, and then drive back to Hartford um, and crawl into bed Monday morning at 3 a.m., and I didn't really sleep on the plane because it wasn't really a red eye. So I crawled into bed at 3 a.m. yesterday, I guess. Woke up at 6.30 and then, yeah, brought, we like helped bring the kids to school. And then I had to be in studio for a noon Monday tip. Like that never happens except around this time of year when they have these tournaments. Um, so last night got a full night of sleep. But I think the first thing I said to well, you this morning when I woke up, oh, I got about probably eight hours. The dogs barked hours. all night. Oh, that's right. The dogs did bark all night waking us up. But I think uh, I said every, to you every hour on the hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was brutal. Uh, said to you when I first woke up, I'm not caught up on my sleep. I'm not even close. Um, but uh, who knows? Maybe I'll go to bed a little early tonight and uh, and catch up. Let me ask you this. So I, I mentioned the, the early morning flight I had on Saturday. It was like a 5:30 a.m. flight through Detroit. I think it was Detroit, and then Detroit to San Francisco, and. So the second portion of the fl flight, Detroit to San Francisco, it's still early in the morning. So it's like, I think around 9 a.m. And um, they get on, the, the flight attendants get on the speakers and talk about the food available for purchase. And it's 9 a.m. Um, and they had a chicken salad sandwich for sale. I guess they don't change the menu based on the time of day. And I was thinking, oh, like, I, I, I kind of, I don't mind chicken salad. I like, that's something I would eat. But not at 9 a.m. And they didn't have any breakfast options. It was like the chicken salad sandwich or you could buy the whatever box. This is a Delta flight, whatever box. It's the, but it's not That included beef jerky. Um, it's not 9 a.m. in airplane world. That's true. That's true because they're, they're if like- If you've gotten up at four to, to, to catch a plane, it's five hours into your day. So now it is chicken salad time. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's that's how you determine when it's chicken salad time. Is how many hours it is into your day? I thought you were going to say the gentleman next to you was was uh, drinking spirits, um, only because it's nine a.m. on a Saturday. The re regular crowd shuffles right. in. There's an old man sitting next to you, making love to his tonic and gin. The guy next to me, I don't think he had um, a beverage. Oh, but how about this? I didn't notice till later in the flight that by his feet there was a little animal carrier and his cute little tiny dog inside. And so when we landed in San Francisco and he pulled out the carrier, um, I asked him about the dog. And he said, from San Francisco, had flown to Toronto, driven two hours north to a breeder to pick up this dog. This dog looked to me like a, like a, like a, an adult tiny little dog. No. Being being transported in a Chihuahua valise? Yes. It was not, though. It was a 10-week-old puppy. I forget the kind of dog, but he said it's going to grow to be over 100 pounds. And he said his family has had this kind of dog before, but it has not had a long life. And this breeder was supposed to be really good. So he flew 
Toronto, drove two hours north. Then he said he drove six hours south to get to Detroit after getting crossing the dog. international border yes. with with a with a dog. Yes, and this is the reason he said it's a lot easier to fly with a puppy if you're uh, not internationally. So that's why he didn't fly from Canada. It was too challenging. And he said Delta, I think, was the only airline that lets you fly with a puppy that young. Um, but this dog, it was adorable. And uh, he said, you know, my my kids are meeting me, um, you know, at the airport. So uh, when we got off the plane and I came out into like the baggage claim area, you, the he had gone out ahead of me. And um, you see his two young daughters. I think he told me they were like, seven and five are just like you know hugging this dog and so excited about this little puppy it was um it was super cute so i don't i don't think he was having something to drink however kind of an interesting thing happened on my flight my return flight my direct flight from la i'm sorry from san francisco to boston and that is that you know, the flight attendants coming by and uh, people are getting beverages. The guy next to me orders a water and um, the woman brings me a water, brings him a water. And then uh, he takes a sip. And when the flight attendant comes back, he says, excuse me, miss. He said, "Um, I haven't had a drink in 18 months and this is a white claw. And Mm. I my heart just sank for both him and for the flight attendant. Um, and anyway, it like, and then he, he was just kind of upset to his stomach. I was saying to him, I was like, is there anything I can do to help you know? Um, and he, he took it in stride, but he was yeah. understandably not pleased. It had been poured into and, a glass. Uh, what's that? It had been poured into a glass. Yeah. I, I don't know why you would pour it into a glass. Do people drink white claw out of glasses? Like it seems to me Did, very much a you're, beverage you're, you drink out of a can. You're, you're very much exposing the fact that you were flying first class. But anyway, go on. Well, yes, I was. Um, but still like, and then- um, next thing you know she is no longer in in the first class cabin she is in the back of the plane um and they've brought somebody else up but it was just it was for a little while an incredibly uncomfortable situation as you can imagine i have no doubt well rebecca everybody's busy it's thanksgiving week people are preparing to host people are preparing to travel people are preparing to just sit in front of the tv watch football and eat a People are turkey sandwich from Subway. People are preparing for jury duty. People are preparing for jury duty. You're not really preparing. If you're really preparing, you would be digging out your old your old uniforms, and um, I'm preparing by by going to the courthouse on Wednesday. Well, my point is, people are leading busy lives. They don't have time for this nonsense. Shall we get to viewer mail? Let's get to viewer mail. Big bad look, throw our lure, reel us in. All right, our first viewer mail comes from Tom. Tom is our resident college football fan, Rebecca. Hello, and Tom. Tom writes, uh, and what a what a what a uh, cornucopia of college football Tom has had and has yet to come. This coming weekend is uh, number two, Ohio State versus number three, Michigan. Tom writes, Rebecca and Steve, Steve, I can't believe you made the rookie mistake of taking a road trip without any snacks. I believe he must be referring to my drive to Buffalo yes. when I had to stop at a at a rest stop for food and it didn't go well. Yes. He's absolutely right. I didn't have snacks. It was uh, almost unprecedented, though. I, I 
always travel with snacks uh, if I'm driving any distance. But you know that's usually because I'm I'm driving with the kids. Um, I drive about sixty thousand miles a year. Writes Tom. Wow, that's a lot. That's even more than than I drive, Rebecca. Mm -hmm. And they always have snacks in the door of my car. My go-to is, do you want to guess what Tom's go-to snack is? What is it? You, you tell me. Take a wild snack. His go-to snack is beef jerky and his, Pringles. His go-to snack is Cliff Bars. I think you, oh. you had mistaken Tom for me. <laughs> Maybe. I don't have beef jerky, though I have nothing against beef jerky, but um, Pringles is the short stack of Pringles. And I, I may have mentioned this before, Twizzlers. All of my friends know, writes Tom, that when they travel with me, there will be a healthy supply, not only in the driver's side door, but the passenger side door. It saves time and money. Mm. And is and is delicious. I mean, what else are you going to do besides listen to uh, podcasts and snack mm -hmm. on a long drive, right? right? Speaking of podcasts, Tom writes, I found the podcast, this one, in the early days. I was reading an article about Blair Schaefer when she was playing at Mississippi State, and somehow it mentioned Rebecca and the podcast. I've been an avid listener since. Oh, amazing. It really is. That's pretty cool. It was great to hear WNEW 102.7 mentioned in the podcast. It reminds me of my youth and listening to the smooth, calming voice of Pete Fornatal. Pete Fornatal, a uh, legendary DJ on WNEW, Rebecca, this is me talking, when it was um, a, a pioneer of, of like an album-oriented uh, rock in the late 60s, early 70s, when everything else had been like AM radio, top 40 stuff or talk radio. Mm -hmm. um, Rebecca writes, Tom, any chance you are working the UConn-Notre Dame hoop game on Sunday, December 4th in South Bend? I have my ticket and will say, say hello if possible. Rebecca. I am working that game, which is going to be a great game. UConn is now... Uh, they've moved up a little bit to number three. I think Notre Dame might be number five. That's going to be... Uh, that's going to be a great game. I will be there. Tom, please say hello. Tom, the only um, way it wouldn't be possible to say hello is if Rebecca is still sequestered. <laughs> I think I can get out of the sequestering month, for my job. A right? month's long trial um, that captures the nation's uh, headlines. Yes. What do you think of that, Rebecca? Possibility? No, no chance. Tom, thanks for the uh, email. Where, where is the email address, Rebecca, for people who... Ballandchainpod at gmail.com. That's right. Uh, oh, well, our, our, our next email comes from... I mean, I don't even know how to identify him anymore, Rebecca. I believe it is... Uh, he was the former simplest of palindromes, Bob. Then he became Bob de Bomb. Bob de Bomb Diggity. Then he became Bob de Bomb Dignity, right? Dignity, Through a typo right. or yes, that yes. I mispronounce it. I can't remember yes. what, but, but anyway. It was a typo. Dear Rebecca and Steve, writes the aforementioned Bob, I thoroughly enjoyed Steve's two-part telling of his travels to Buffalo for the recent Vikings versus Bills game. Being originally from Buffalo, I'm intrigued as the content of Steve's soon-to-be-published article. I'm guessing it will be about the Bills Mafia and can only hope there will be comparisons to the raucous atmosphere you witnessed at the Rugby World Cup. I haven't had this much eager anticipation for Steve's writing since Knights in White Castle. Thank you, Bob, or whatever we're calling you these days. Um... Steve mentioned that a former. I think we should just call him the dignity. The dignity, the indignity, the, the dignity. <laughs> the dignity. Steve mentioned that a former Bill in pregame festivities queried, "Where would you rather be than right here, right now?" That line, of course, was used by now Hall of Fame coach Marv Levy back in the 1990s as part of his pregame pep talks. I, I should have mentioned that, but yes, absolutely. My brother John the Bomb Diggity worked as a TSA agent <laughs> at the Buffalo Airport, where, where in a brush with greatness, as it was called on Letterman, he encountered the quick-witted coach waiting in the security line. 
My brother asked the coach, where would you rather be than right here, right now? To which Marv replied, at the front of this line. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Sincerely and with a bit of palindromic license. Um, ooh, Rebecca. Mm-hmm. Why ting id be mob ed bob bob da bomb dignity? He has, he has made a palindrome of bob da bomb Dignity. No longer the simplest. Why ting it, Bob, Mob, Ed, Bob, Bob, Da Bomb, Dignity. This is now turning into uh, uh, the uh, that song, you know, Bob, Bob, Bo Mob, Bonana, Nana, Fo Fob, right? Right, right, exactly. Your most complicated of palindromes. He now signs off Bob in Huntersville, North Carolina. Thank you, Bob. Um, as always. The next one, Rebecca, the comes from uh, Rick in. In Oceanside, California, the lovely Oceanside, California, we've uh, we've driven past Oceanside while uh, making a trying to make time in the family rented truckster going from uh, Orange County to San Diego, never pausing for, to take in the uh, the lovely vistas from the uh, the coastline, mm. because Rebecca is all about making time on those trips. And Rick writes, oh, Rick is a uh, Yukon class of 75, by hey, the way. Hey, Rick. I wonder if he prefers Oceanside to stores. What do you think? Toss um, up? Stores is a great place to be for four years or so. <laughs> I loved it there. Of course you did. And, and you still make plenty of visits. Rick writes, I don't know if this is a ball and chain question or if this is just an analysis question for Rebecca. With Jay Wright's unexpected retirement announcement at seemingly the top of his game, no one knows what influences coaches' decisions. Gino continues to demonstrate that he's at the top of his game by making unprecedented numbers of trips to the Final Four. The fact that he hasn't won number 12 is a testament to the overall strength of the women's game. But let's just pause there for a second. The fact that he hasn't won number 12. (laughs) There will always be a higher number, right? Yes. And he will have to stop at some point. uh, At some point. At which point you can say he 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 hadn't won number nineteen, right? Uh, well, it was great when I was there a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about you know going to the final four, and he was talking about how hard it is, and he said, you know, this is one way to show you how hard it is because UConn's gone to fourteen straight, fourteen straight final fours, and the next most straight final fours is two. Two. Which is Stanford it, which went is, to the last two. South Carolina went to the last two in terms of consecutive. Which is an impressive feat. I mean, yeah, of course it is. Yes, not to diminish two. No, of course not. But let's certainly never <laughs> stop appreciating the grandeur of fourteen yeah. well, straight. I, I interrupted Rick in the middle of his sentence, so let me let me see where he's okay. going. The fact that he hasn't won number twelve is a testament to the overall strength of the women's game. Not any indication of the program heading downward. What they did this past year to reach the Final Four with so many injuries was obviously an incredible demonstration of persistence, teamwork, and superlative coaching. However, as Jay Wright surprised many of us, the time will come when Gino decides to make a similar announcement. We hope it's not anytime soon, but nonetheless, it will come. My question for Rebecca is, do you think UConn will remain in the immediate family for a successor, or does your teammate Carla Barubi and her increasingly great resume have a chance of becoming the younger, fresh face of UConn women's basketball? Thanks for your thoughts, Rick. Oh, that's an interesting question because Carla Bruby's at, at Princeton now. She had incredible success for a lot of years at Tufts. I think she's in her third year at Princeton. Continues to have a lot of success. They should be good this year. Um, have a really good freshman class. Um, I don't know. 
I don't know what they would do. I don't know if they would go with somebody that's currently on the UConn bench. I don't know if they would go with a former player who has had success coaching elsewhere. Um, you also don't know if the person, whoever it may be, is offered the job, if they, you know, they would. They even you know, want it? I mean, it's a big shadow, obviously. Well, of course. And taking the, being the person who follows the person who follows the person sometimes is seen as the as the better job, but but Carla would be would be would be terrific. Of course, obviously. she'd be an, she'd be a great coach, but she also has two young children and a wife, and you know now roots um, in Princeton, New Jersey. So uh, yeah, which is a pretty knows? great place and a pretty good situation. Yeah, at yeah. University, so but. It, there's a lot more that I'm sure plays into it. Anytime any coach is you know deciding whether or not they're I'm going to throw their name in the in the ring? You throw your name in the ring or just your hat in the I mean, ring? If, if you throw your hat in the ring. What does that even mean? Throw your hat in the ring? Yeah. It, like, what's the origins it, of that? It, it makes me picture, like, you know, you're at the uh, the primate enclosure at the zoo and your hat falls off, right? And then you have to scramble down to try to get the hat. The, ex the expression, throwing your hat in the ring, comes from the sport of boxing. In the past, if a person wanted oh. to fight, he could throw his hat into the boxing ring. This let the referee know he wanted to challenge another person in it's, the boxing it's, it's match. It's almost the exact same origin of throwing in the towel to end the match, right. to, to, to surrender. So either way, you're, you're throwing something. So if you don't have a hat... You're not fighting. If you don't have a towel, you might not be surviving. I wish I had, had known that. When when, uh, when uh, covering the Lennox Lewis-Mike Tyson fight in Memphis, I would have thrown my hat <laughs> into the ring saying, I'll take Tyson next. Yes, right. Do exactly. anything for a column, Rebecca. Right, right. Back in those days, I was desperate for uh, uh, Michael from New Jersey writes, Dear Rebecca and Steve, I hope this note finds you oh, and yours. Michael in New Jersey, not Michael in uh, what is it? Suzaki Kitazawa. What's the first? What's the oh, first? Higashi Kitazawa. Higashi, not Michael and Higashi Kitazawa, but but Michael. from now on it will be in Suzuki Kitazawa. Suzaki. Suzaki. <laughs> no, is that what you? Mean? I don't know what I said. Higashi. But I would, it was wrong. Higashi Kitazawa. No, this Higashi. is this is the prose Michael, not the uh, poetic Michael. Okay. Okay. Michael uh, from uh, the kennels in New Jersey. Dear Rebecca and Steve, I hope this note finds you and yours as well. It does. Thank you. I wanted to check in and say hello. Nothing special to report, but I've enjoyed the recent episodes and the topics they've featured. I would like to offer my sincere congratulations to Rebecca on the news of her new contract with the Worldwide Leader. Rebecca, you have renewed uh, a contract with the Worldwide Leader, right? Yes. And you've been getting congratulations on that, which is you find rather amusing, and, and it, so do I. I find in, it. In fact. I find it hugely amusing. In, can in I, fact. Yes. Well, can I just interrupt? Yes. You received secondhand congratulations today. From someone passing along congratulations from your own dad. I know it's uh it's hilarious in some ways because I've been um, it's hilarious in all ways. I've been working at ESPN consistently. I did some work in the late '90s, but consistently since 2004. 18 and years. 18 years consistently, almost exclusively. Yeah, and um, but ESPN this time said, "Let you know, we're going to put out a press release." Let's let's see let's see if she develops an, a following <laughs> if she's going to stick around yeah. and in the 18th year in the 18th year we'll acknowledge that she works for us and so they <laughs> sent out a press release yeah so even my uh, like my coworkers and colleagues and stuff are sending me congratulations on my contract they realize you've been there for the I've been there for 18 years um but uh yeah so it, it's I find it a little bit silly but um 
But yes, thank well, you well, for your congratulations. Hard work and per perseverance, writes uh, Michael, not in Higashi Kitazawa or Suzuki Kitazawa or whatever you thought it was. <laughs> hard work and per perseverance have truly paid off as you've risen to the top in your field. Best wishes for continued success today and always. Please have a safe and happy Thanksgiving holidays. Same to you, Michael. Faithfully yours, Michael from New Jersey. Uh, what, a, what a nice email, Rebecca. Very nice email. Thank you, Michael, and happy Thanksgiving. Finally, Rebecca, if, if this viewer mail is a Thanksgiving feast, we've had we've had appetizers, we've had uh, we've had a, a, a bounty of of uh, options here. Yes. Of, so, uh, we've had entrees, we've had sides. What what do we call the final thing we have? Doctor Siegel's desserts. I mean, clearly the desserts. This is Doctor Siegel's desserts. An array of pies. The is doctor's a, desserts. The doctor's desserts. I, I was thinking maybe possibly an aperitif. It sounds better as doctor's desserts. Yeah. This is this. <laughs> but if you want to go with aperitif, no, doctor, doctor, doctor's desserts. The doctor's the doctor's. The do not the doctor's just desserts, the doctor's desserts, right? Correct, yes. Maybe Dr. Siegel will, maybe Mrs. Dr. Siegel will uh, create a line of uh, of pastries called the doctor's desserts. Maybe. But probably not. Uh, Dr. Gary Siegel writes, Dear Rebecca, oh, before, Rebecca, before we get to Dr. Siegel's uh, uh, email, Dr. Siegel uh, was kind enough to send us photographs of a, yes. a family photograph and photographs of his lovely grandchildren and they're on our fridge now yes thank you dr siegel he's a adopted member of the russian clan. he absolutely is we've 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 tired of of looking at our own kids on our fridge and now we're looking at um, dr siegel's kids and grandkids on our fridge and Dr. Siegel writes, Dear Rebecca and Steve, it is now 10 p.m. and an hour before bedtime, as unlike Sleepy Jean and Daydream Believer by the Monkeys, my 6 o'clock alarm will go off at 5 tomorrow morning so that I can exercise before work. Now that's playing in my head, Rebecca. Yes. Cheer up, Sleepy Jean. After 5 work, seems like such a late wake up to me at the moment after my 4 a.m.s. Are you, are you, are you one-downing Dr. Siegel I'm or one-upping one him? Dr. Siegel, yes. Dr. Siegel will be setting his alarm for 4.30. You're like an NFL head coach who they always, you know, boast. I, I get up at 4.26 a.m. Well, I get up at 4.13 a.m. Well, guess what? One of you is going to lose this week, regardless of what time you got up. True. I, I did enjoy the uh, Fox Studio uh, analysis of the U.S.'s 1-1 draw with Wales yesterday, by the way, in which, um, you know, they gave up a late penalty kick to Gareth Bale. Uh snatching a, a draw from the jaws of victory and going from something like an 80-something percent chance of advancing out of their group with a win to a 59% chance of advancing out of their group with, with a tie. But guess who else is in the group? Wales, who they just tied, who then presumably has an identical 59% right, chance right, of advancing. Exactly. Anyhow, uh, after work, writes Dr. Siegel, I have the pleasure of fetching my daughter and her family from that airport, so things are all abuzz at our house. My list is short as to allow the viewers to get on with their Thanksgivings, which is my favorite holiday of the year. To wit, ready. Are you ready? Rebecca, are you I ready? I am ready. Uh, enumerated for our convenience as always. One, in the last podcast, I referenced a not urgent C-section, which resulted in a bit of commentary from our podcast hostess and host. Pardon my oversight in not defining the circumstances a bit better. In a general sense, there are times in which a pregnant woman near term who is planning a, re a repeat C-section for delivery will have a complication, e.g. pregnancy-related hypertension 
or a fetal complication, e.g. low amniotic fluid, and not be in labor. Many times a decision is made to deliver the patient, but it is not urgent, thus allowing mother to eat and have a good night's rest, hopefully, before a C-section the next day. By the way, Dr. Siegel spells C-section in a capital C, backslash or forward slash, whatever that slash is, capital C slash, capital S section. I would have thought there'd be a hyphen in there, but what do I know, Rebecca? You don't, yes. Please note that no ACL reconstruction suture buttons are used in said C-sections. <laughs> I'm assuming no screws either. It would be uh, uh, quite a difficult delivery, Rebecca, if, if it involves the blowing out of your ACL, wouldn't you think? And an odd, and an odd one as well. Or just he's saying it doesn't involve the buttons. That's true. There's no buttons when you're... No buttons. No buttons. And and you once again use your New Britain. I know. I, I don't button. know how to say it any other way. Two T's, just pronounce them. Yes. Two, there was no baby. So, it's, so you say it. Button? Buttons. Is that better? Buttons. Nineteen, uh, 19th, uh, 20th century, mid, mid 20th century comedian, red buttons. 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 I find it challenging. Buttons. Okay. Two, there is no baby report as I was not on duty this past weekend, nor will I be this week. Stay tuned for early December. Um, so do you think there'll be a, a lot of babies to report or do you think other people are delivering those babies in his, in his absence? I'm guessing others. That's probably right. Yes. Three, today while running an errand and fetching certain items at Trader Joe's as designated by Mrs. DGS and with pictures of said items on my phone, uh, Rebecca, mm -hmm. this is like when you have to order off the menu by pointing at the picture. Mm -hmm. Mrs. DGS has to send uh, DGS pictures on the phone of the items that she wants. Much like that's a smart way to do it. Much, much like I, I, I have to. I, I, I will take pictures of our empty stuff so that I know that these are the cascade pods that we use in the dishwasher and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes there are there are many variations on single product. I was able to choose, writes Dr. Siegel, the checkout lane in the very crowded suburban store in which the customer at the front had a, sh had a shopping buggy, Southern for cart, so full of groceries that the only analogous situation that I could imagine was that of a clown car. Now, interestingly, Rebecca, shopping buggy is apparently a Southernism for shopping cart. In, in Dr. Siegel's beloved UK, they call it a trolley, mm. shopping trolley. Mm -hmm. Trolley, cart, and buggy, which do you prefer? I like buggy. I think I'm going to go with buggy as well. Mm -hmm. Four, last week's, uh, interestingly, it's all also is buggy in the <laughs> South. Four, last week's Uber confession was great. I hope that your college-age daughter, if and when drunk, is polite and silly, just like the Catholic schoolboys. I, I, I think that is... Uh, well, you're not allowed to talk about my child being drunk. <laughs> nor... nor, nor uh, she needs four more years for yes. that. Certainly, she'll bring home from college some suggestions as to how the household should run. If she, She'll be arriving home... Uh, tonight. Tonight. Not with a Catholic college schoolboy, however. Five, our Panera Bread stores also run out of bread. Incredible. Uh, six, have we heard from Ace Kid reporter Julianne? It seems like ages ago since she's filed a report. Rebecca. That's true. Julianne. You are Julianne's uh, well, assignment Julianne's desk. In, you know, in, the, in, the, in school now. She's probably loaded down with a lot of schoolwork. Maybe Julianne can give us a, uh, a report on how Thanksgiving went. Was she at the kids' table? Has she graduated? I think to she the... did a. Um, I think she did an interview from last year's Thanksgiving table, didn't she? I forget what we asked. I think she her may have pulled people. pulled uh, pulled uh, uh, attendees. We don't want we don't want her to make her work over no, the holidays. No, but it, although she... although that would be a a, a pretty uh, we, authentic introduction to broadcast journalism. But we right? would we would love at her leisure 
and what she's interested in, some kind of a report on something. Yeah, let's let's what's what's going on right now, Julianne and the uh, and the Zeitgeist. Yes. And and Rebecca, I, I say it would be uh it would be appropriate to have her working over the holidays because you will be working over the holidays, will you not? I'll be working over. This is the first time I've ever been asked to work over Thanksgiving, and um, but you, you know why. They saw the press release that your contract <laughs> that, was made. that I'm under contract. Yeah, it's the PK Invitational, the Phil Knight Invitational out in Portland, Oregon. Um, this year has a women's bracket, and so um, there are games on Thanksgiving, Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. Um, originally, I was going to be gone for Thanksgiving, and then um, it got changed. So I'm in studio on Friday evening. I'll fly out to Portland on Saturday. And then Sunday, there's a game on ABC and a game, I think, on ESPN2. And there's a chance that the, the ABC game, if if Connecticut wins in their first round mat- matchup against Duke and Iowa beats Oregon State in their matchup, it will be a UConn-Iowa um, game, which when this whole thing was put together, it was before Paige Beckers was hurt and, and people were salivating at the idea of Paige Beckers and Caitlin Clark going head to head like they did their freshman year. Well, that's not going to happen. Um, and who knows which of those, which two of those teams will be playing. But uh, but I will be out there calling a 10 a.m. local game, 10 a.m. and then a 4.30 p.m. local game before I 10 take another red eye home. 10 a.m. tip off? 10 a.m. local, yeah. So one o'clock Eastern, yes. 10. Did you did you ever play in any of those as a? Um, I don't know if I ever played collegiate? in a 10 a.m. I certainly played in a noon. I liked um, early tip off. Yeah, times. You're, you're the one who would kick Bruce Springsteen out of our out of our family room if he were <laughs> well, still in, performing college, at 9 p.m. In college, I had co- college student um, body clock, but um, I did like I did like early uh, tip times. Finally, the F1 report from the final race at Abu Dhabi has many aspects, writes Dr. Siegel. There's, there are uh, alphabetically, A, Max Verstappen won in a dominating fashion in a boring race. B, Monegasque Charles Leclerc. What a great word, Monegasque. What a great terrific, uh, uh, yes. metonym for uh, people from uh, Monaco. Um, in the finished P2 in the uh, finished P2 in the drivers' championship, along with his Ferrari teammate Carlos Sainz of Spain. C. Mercedes, who dominated the prior week, was not on pace, and a distant third, seven-time world champion Lewis Hamilton had a mechanical failure, and finished his only season uh, without a race win. Team principal Toto Wolf, always an entertaining straight shooter, said they'll put one of their 2022 cars in the, in the reception area at the factory to remind them of how this year went and that success is not a given. D. Lando Norris of McLaren was the only driver not in a Red Bull, Mercedes, or Ferrari to stand on the podium during the entire season. Now, Rebecca, first, second, and third stand on the podium. He's an excellent young driver who likely has the talent to be a world champion, given the proper package of car and team. So let's keep an eye on Lando Norris and Dr. Siegel's reports next year. E. We bid goodbye to Mick Schumacher, son of seven-time champ Michael Schumacher, who still suffers from a 2013 head injury, and Nicholas Latifi, neither of whom were ever in top teams and neither of whom were the faster of the two drivers on their teams. We also bid a hopefully temporary goodbye to ever-popular Australian driver Daniel Ricciardo, who could not regain his prior form during the last two years at McLaren. I, I do love that Dr. Siegel, both for Charles Leclerc and Daniel Ricciardo, includes, includes a pronunciation, uh, uh, you know, little uh, phonetic pronunciations in, in parentheses. Mm-hmm. F, and finally, lastly, four-time world champion and all-around good person Sebastian Vettel has retired, and the praise from fans and the paddock alike was overwhelming. He's a true champion we've seen mature over more than a decade and he will be missed. I love Dr. Siegel's passion for Formula One, Rebecca. 
Yes, as do I. To all of the viewers, writes Dr. Siegel, to all of the viewers of the pod, to Denny Gallagher, Tom, Dick, and Hari, and especially the Lobo and Russian clans of family and friends, I wish a peaceful and happy Thanksgiving. All the best, Gary. Dr. Siegel, right back at you. We hope you have a peaceful, happy, and sumptuous feast on Thanksgiving with the uh, with the family of yours that is also on our fridge. We'll be th- we will not only be uh, thinking of you on Thanksgiving, we'll we will be, be seeing them you every time we open the fridge, which will be which will be free. Which will be f- yes. Often, and uh, that's that's it, Rebecca. Well, that's it. That's, we'll, that's enough. That's that's plenty. We'll uh, we'll see people uh, after the after the Thanksgiving have break. Have a safe and happy holiday, everyone. And Tom, for, for, oh, for, Denny, for Denny, Denny, have a happy holiday, Denny. Yes. And uh, Tom, Dick, and Hari have a happy holiday, and then or first play us out. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pad live in cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous, what we give for a little rest. Stay by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.